Hello and welcome. Today I'm joined by Prav Mathema, who is the Welsh Rugby Union National Medical Manager. So thank you, Prav. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for inviting as well to to come on. It's been uh, I know it's been a while trying to trying to get it organised, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a busy summer. So yeah, I'm delighted to be uh, to be on board now. Yeah, well, hopefully I will take priority over the Lions tour at some point, but maybe uh, not for a few years yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just starting off, whereabouts are you from originally? Oh, uh, well, originally I'm actually from Kathmandu in, in Nepal. So I was uh, born there. I'll say the 70s, in the 70s. I'll just say that, you know, um, so people can't work out my actual age. But um, yeah, I was born there and then uh, my um, my parents decided to relocate just to give, you know, me and my brother a, a better life, really, you know, in, in the UK. And uh, then relocated down to Kent. So um, was... Uh, was down here then for all my schooling and stuff. So yeah, so started off out in the Himalayas. So. Right. Well, yeah, I've always fancied doing with the class Everest base camp, that that sort of thing. But what's it like? Uh, how, how old were you when you moved over to? to uh... I was very, very young. I was very young. I was two and a half years old. You know. So um, yeah. So my father, my father was in in the Gurkhas and then um, decided to 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 relocate. You know. So it's um, it worked out. You know, worked out for us. You know, we got we got our. Uh, our, our residency, uh, as it were, you know, and, and uh, came across and, yeah, obviously, you know, been, been here ever since. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, no, definitely Kathmandu is on the list of places I'd, I'd like to go to. So then what was it like in terms of growing up there? Did you always have a vision that you wanted to get into the medical arena? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all, actually, as, as, as all these things you know, transpire when you're younger. You know, it, I never thought that I would be doing what I'm doing, you know, when I was uh, when I was at school. Um, so, you know, I, I was always into sport, you know, certainly, you know, I was, played rugby, you know, when I was younger, played football, you know, a lo load of different sports, just love every sport, really. And then, um, you know, we were in, uh, at my school, sorry, you know, the, we were always encouraged to do the, you know, the, the um, subjects that you enjoy most, you know, so, you know, when I did my A-levels, I actually, um, actually did a very random, you know, selection of A-levels, which was biology and sports science, which kind of went together, and then design and technology, which just completely doesn't go at all, you know. Um, and I wasn't really sure, really, what I wanted to do at, at that stage. You know, architecture was always something that I was involved, you know, wanted to get involved in, but I clearly had all the wrong kind of, um, you know, A-levels for that, you know. And, uh, yeah, physio just came up, really, you know, as, as you know, in, in conversation and stuff like that. And, um, my sixth form, um, my sixth form, uh, kind of head headmaster or head sixth form, you know, tutors basically said, "Look, I'll help you with your your applications and stuff." So we put together our applications for <clears throat> for physio school, and it was, you know, back then it was UCAS. It was actually still as UCAS, but it's it's eight uh, uh, eight unis and stuff like that. And I thought, you know, I'd have got all the grades I needed and stuff like that. And as it happened, um, I only got one offer, you know, from out, out of eight. So I was um, you know, flying by the seat in my pants, let's put it that way, you know, and uh, I was definitely twitching, you know, so it was, um, it was, it was, it was fairly nervous, if I'm honest, you know, and we, uh, you know, did my A-levels and, you know, managed to get the grades I needed for, for, for that university, which was Brunel University at the time, and it was, um, it, it, it was, it was, it was incredible, actually, at that university, I have to say, you know, I really, really enjoyed my time there and made some incredible friends, you know, as well. So. so was that in, it was enjoyable in terms of the the course and the experience or what was it oh you know eight, 18 years old you know pocket full of uh, student loan you know um 
so it was awesome from that perspective you know we, we had a, we, we had an incredible social time there of course you know uh, at uni it was it was actually very tough you know for me personally because I, I found it very hard actually I thought my A-levels were the hardest things I'd ever do but then I went and did my undergraduate and I just thought this is insane you know how how, how difficult it is you know in, in my first year certainly but you know uh, knuckled down and it was you know worked out okay and like I say made some great made some great friends along the way as well and uh couple of guys you know who have done really really well as well you know and they've um they've uh, one guy's working with England now um England rugby he's one of the senior physios there um chap called Bobby Salbats you know and he's uh he's done really really well there and um there's a couple other guys working in in, in golf uh etc as well you know from 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 my year group so it's um it, it's it was it was a great time why do you think that is then? So it's it's quite interesting that you've had some people that have gone on to certainly Bobby working for the for the England team in rugby. Do you think that that was something that you you kind of that was because you were all together and you had that mentality or why? I, I don't really know like how that happened, you know, or why that happened. You know, obviously Brunel University was you know it's very heavily sports focused, you know, and it's it's always been uh, you know that way. Whether it was that or not, I don't really know, you know, or whether it was just. Uh, Kind of uh, an organic transition, you know, through 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 work. Um, one of my colleagues at Wales, it's ironic actually. One of yeah, one of my colleagues at Wales. He's um, he's uh, one of the senior physios with the national team. He had a very similar kind of experience with his group at Southampton, his class group. You know, one guy's working for the Auckland Blues. Um, one guy's working at Red Bull um, F1 Racing. One guy's working at Southampton. You know, a football club. So. Yeah, I don't really know how that happened, you know, or why it happened. Or I don't know if it was a conscious effort, you know, that everyone did that or not, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, sometimes it just happens that way. And in terms of the course then, was there any ever a point, like you said, the first year was difficult, that you thought maybe this wasn't the right thing to be doing? There was actually, it's funny enough you say that, because I got into my second year and it was... Um, I actually got to a point where I thought, you know, this is, I don't think this is for me anymore. You know, I'm not sure if this is the right thing to do. And I, and I had a good chat actually with a couple of my, um, uh, my, my kind of like placement mentors, if you like, and they, they, they were brilliant actually just told me to stick with it, you know, and, and obviously did. And I'm really pleased that I did, you know, because otherwise wouldn't, wouldn't have, you know, been able to have the kind of the career I've got now, you know, and obviously helps me support my family as well, you know, which is, you know, you know, really important to me. So definitely, yeah. So was that down to just it being difficult, or you just maybe thinking design and technology maybe should have been the route you'd actually gone? <laughs> I should have done physics and maths. You see, that's what it should have been as well. But um, those two subjects were way too difficult for me, you know. But no, no, it was just. It was it was the sheer volume of work at university, you know, and you know, I just thought, you know, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure if this is the right thing, you know, or not, you know. Um, but like I say, you know, we had a uh, had a good mentor, you know, at that time, give us a kick out the backside, you know, and um, just knuckled down really, and just and just uh, you know did 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 my um, did my uni uh, in my last year and did okay, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, and you mentioned the placements that you went on. So how how were they chosen? Oh, they were all just chosen by the university. I mean, obviously, you have to cover all your all your kind of um, all, all the disciplines, as it were, you know. So, um, and we were placed kind of all over the place, all over London, you know. And uh, yeah, it was mainly yeah, it was all London actually, mine. Um, and yeah, it was it was just li literally just you know, you just had to make sure you covered off every single aspect, you know. Um, and and yeah, like I said, I was very lucky to have some 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 great people look after us. Mm, yeah, I mean, 
Uh, so I did sports science, but I was at MMU, but we went to like the El Sage campus, which is like living in the countryside, basically, which is great. You've got a great time. But how was it like growing up in London, like when you were actually at university there? I'm not sure I would have had the, the maturity to have been able to deal with Manchester, let alone London. <laughs> uh, we, we, we were kind of out the way. We were out in uh, Osterley, you know, campus, you know, between Osterley and kind of Hounslow Way. So we weren't kind of in the mix, in the mix, you know. It was a fair old trek into town. and um, But it was... Uh, it was very social, let's put it that way, you know, and uh, we had great opportunities to, you know, go into town and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, a couple of guys would uh, be very unfortunate and have to, uh, and I, I would, and, and would wake up, sorry, at Heathrow Airport, you know, because because uh, it's it's a few stops down, you know, you know, go to sleep, wake up on a, you know, on a, on a bench in Heathrow Airport or something like that, you know. But um, no, no, it was social enough, you know, for 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 sure. It was it was great from that perspective. Mm. So once you graduated then, did you have an idea of where you were going to go on to there? What happened after graduation? Yeah, I mean, my, because my, I was lucky enough to do a couple of, well, I did more than two. I did, I think I did three or maybe even four placements at St. George's Hospital. You know, I always wanted to go back to St. George's Hospital, you know, and I always thought to myself, I've got to go back to this, this teaching hospital. It's a great hospital. I'm going to learn loads and, um, you know, go from there, you know, but I was unsuccessful in, in my first round of applications. So I went back home to, to came back home to, uh, to Kent. So the hospital in Margate, um, where I was there um, for about 10, 10 months, maybe or so. And then another opportunity came to re uh, reapply for some positions at St. George's Hospital. And um, uh, I, and I was successful at that time. So then I moved up to St. George's and um, got got started there really and had a six month period there where I did neurology and um, which I which I loved you know um there was a lot of rehab you know obviously and um you can make a real positive change you know to people's lives you know so um that was that was that was brilliant and then I was uh, going to be going on to uh, to medical but then opportunities came up in sport then after that really but you know it was it was brilliant for me you know to get into St George's Hospital because that was my that was my ultimate goal you know um but yeah uh you know things things change as, as they do in life and it and, and you know you either take the opportunities or you don't you know and my, my direction went into sport you know but it was never my intention to focus on sport it was maybe to get into private practice etc you know so yeah how did that happen and how did that transition into sport happen well, there, it was very lucky. Let's put it that way. You know, it was very, very lucky for me. And uh, it, it's um, people use the term sink or swim, you know, quite, quite a lot, you know, and it, I, it, I was definitely thrown in at the deep end, you know, because I didn't have a clue about sports, sports physio at all at that point, you know, but um, I was very young. So I was only 20, 21 at the time, 21, sorry, I was. Uh, and um I'd heard that one of my colleagues who uh, was I was at university with had been offered a position at QPR Football Club. So I rang them to congratulate them. And um, he actually said, oh, look, there's another job as well. Would you like to come with me? And I was like, uh, OK, <laughs> you know, let me let me think about it, you know. And um, so uh, it was crazy. I was just like, oh, I'm, yeah, yeah, OK. Do you mean like, why not? Let's do it, you know. And um, as, as it happened, he didn't take the position. The, which was the head of academy at QPR. So then QPR then said to me, would I like to take the head position at academy? You know, so um, I, again, I was really unsure at that point, you know, so, you know, one, one of my very good friends um, actually played for QPR as well. So um, it was it was fate beyond belief. So I rang him just to say, look, 
I've been offered this position, you know, QPR. And he'd left QPR maybe 10 years before, you know, and hadn't gone to a match for ages and stuff like that. And I rang him and I just said, listen, I've been offered this position. What do you think? And he said, you will not believe where I am right now. He was at Loftus Road watching a match. QPR, I don't know who they were playing. I was like, I've got to take the job. You know what I mean? So then I, I took the position, you know, um, and uh, yeah, things just obviously uh, went, went, you know, snowballed from there. So uh, what, going in as a 21-year-old into this head of position, like, what do you even do on the first yeah. day? Um, panic. <laughs> do a lot of reading, you know. Uh, I did a lot of reading, you know, beforehand. And, you know, just got to be, just I, I just had to be myself, really, you know. That, that's what I could be, you know, as myself, you know. So, um and yeah, I was incredibly green, you know, there's obviously, obviously incredibly green, you know, at that point and just had my eyes open and said, right, I just got to just try and learn as much as I can and, you know, and hope for the best really and I hope I don't, you know, break anyone too badly, you know, at that point. But, you know, uh, I, I, yeah, I was always just trying to do my best, you know, and just learning and learning from errors like, like you do, like everybody does really. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, so what happens, like how long were you doing in that position for? Yeah, so I did that for a couple of years. Um, Jerry Francis was the manager at that point. And then um, uh, Ian Holloway came in. So we got uh, we got relegated, actually, from the... Uh, we got relegated that year? I think we did get... Uh, yeah, I think we did get relegated that year. Uh, and then we went down to League One. And then Ian Holloway came in as manager. And he said, look, he'd like me to stay on, you know, um, but this time to be the head of uh, medical services at... At QPR and at this point again I was like oh what do I do here now I'm 23 years old you know I've been offered a head of medical position I, was, I think at that point it would have been the youngest you know head of medical in, in, in the football league you know uh, you know didn't really know much you know but had a good relationship with with Ollie you know and he and he wanted us there and had a good relationship with the players as well so um, I said ah oh, yeah let's go for it you know let's do it you know and um did that position then after being two years as the academy physio head of academy physio and took up that role really and just employed a couple of extra people you know um to to come on board with us and you know things things thankfully went pretty well you know I had a good relationship with the players and you know just did the best i could you know for them and i think they could see that you know and and, and um just hopefully delivered you know as, as as well as i could have done obviously still making errors you know being so young you know um um and yeah i did continued in that role for another six years really so i did i did eight years at, at, at qpr all told you know so it was, right. uh, it was a great experience you know some wonderful people that um that i work with some wonderful players as well that i work with you know and um you know um it, essentially that gave me the kind of springboard to get into rugby because uh, Chris Wright was the owner of uh, Queen's Park Rangers and London Wasps at the time. And obviously there was a shared um, a shared match uh, venue, which was Loftus Road at the time. And then eventually um, London Wasps came to Twyford Avenue where uh, QPR trained. So it was just a shared training facility, which was, it was an, that was an incredible experience, I have to say. You know, having two sports on site, we had a shared gym, we had shared dining facilities, shared treatment room. So we had a 10 bed treatment unit, you know, and it was incredible banter in there, you know. Uh, so different the banter as well, obviously, from rugby and football and stuff like that. And everyone was mixing and it was, it was, it was brilliant, you know. You had the rugby lads, you know, looking over at us, you know, playing football tennis, you know, and doing like 40 minutes of training for the day and then leaving, you know, these lads are 
smashing each other, you know, in training, you know. So, uh, you know, they, they 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 certainly thought that we had it very very easy. But ultimately, that that was the springboard then after QPR to get into rugby union, you know. So yeah, God, that is like a perfect storm for it as well. Yeah. Um, but yes, what was it, Ian Holloway like then? He's, he's obviously a character. He is a great character, and you know, he's. Um, a great man, you know, first and foremost, you know, and, um, you know, he, uh, he, he was quite a young manager at that, at that time as well. Um, but, you know, we all had a great relationship, you know, and, you know, in, incredibly honest man, you know, as well, you know, pe- people, people know that, you know, that his, you know, his circumstances at home and stuff and that were, were, were very challenging, you know, with his uh, three out of four of his children were, uh, were harder to work. Well, were, were hearing impaired, you know, and, uh, they, um, um, that, and that, that's you know widely widely in the in, in the media and the um, you know he went through lots of different challenges as well. So a really inspirational man, I, I have to say, you know, and um, he was he he was great, great to work for, you know, great to work for. Allowed you to just get on with your job, you know, trusted, you know, trusted us, you know, first and foremost, you know, um, which was which was in, which was great, you know, but also like you say, a, a great character, you know, on and off kind of the training park, you know, so. Yeah, I can imagine. So when were you at QPR then, in the, with the first team? What years were they? Yeah, two thousand and what would it have been one, two, I think. I think, and then I joined. Uh, I joined um, Wasps in two thousand and seven. Then, so it would have been about yeah, from the first team it would have been around about one, two, I think. Right. And we got. So that was- that was an interesting period for the club. We've seen some of the documentaries. So were you there when like the Briatori and? No, it was just before then. But what right. we did have was uh, we had a lot of dramas. Let's call it that. You know, at executive level, a lot of dramas. You know, and um, yeah, there was. You know, we went through when it, when Ollie took over. He, you know, we went into administration. We had like seven pro players at one point. You know, and um, it was really challenging you know and and ollie to be fair you know in the coaching team and the people that they bought in and stuff like that took us you know from league one and got us promoted you know to the championship which was which was incredible we played uh sheffield wednesday away and i, I remember it you know really clearly because um i remember the, the 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 kind of pre-match meeting that we always had at the hotel you know before leaving ollie decided to bring in the supporters you know it, it was everyone was like what is going on you know so and these, he got some guys to speak, you know, and just about their passion about the club. And it was it was an incredible thing to do, you know, and not many people would have done that, you know. And um, we went from there then and we, you know, we we, uh, we obviously won, won the match then and, you know, had, had some incredible times there. And then, you know, um, we just, uh, yeah, we, we went through a very interesting time with regards to, um, you know, uh, fixtures managers you know uh, executives and stuff like that and then like i said i got out just just before then you know people like you know and people like that came in you know at the very top you know so yeah no uh, certainly it does seem to have had a lot of uh interesting times at qpr but yeah really good club really yeah good. Uh, it's an awesome club awesome club yeah so in terms of that um the time at wasps then how did that come about that particular role <laughs> well um because we had a shared training facility, um, obviously knew a lot of the senior players, knew, knew, the, knew the existing head of medical services. And then I never forget it. I was sat on the I was sat on the team bus. Um, we were for QPR now, and uh, we were going up to I think it was Swindon away or something like that. And um, got a phone call, you know, uh, and I was sat next to the gaffer at the time, 
and it was the the CEO of Wasps, you know, ringing to say, "Listen, we'd like to have a conversation about you taking over the uh, the." And I was like, you know, the, those ones when you like turn the sound down really quickly. I was like, oh, uh, I'll call you back. I'll call you back when we get to to to, to Swindon. You know, it's like, oh. So then, yeah, I had a conversation with him, and um, yeah, offered us a position. I said, okay, you know, obviously, I had to have some discussions around what what that role looked like and stuff like that. I had to meet the the manager at the time there as well, which was um, Suri Migikan. Um, and, um, you know, what Warren, Warren had already left at that point. And so it was Geech that actually invited us. So senior players had spoken and the current head of medical said, look, why don't you ask Prav, you know, it'd be, it'd be someone good, you know, in the environment and stuff. So, so that's what happened really. And then, um, my transition was made then in 2000 and at the end of the 2006, seven season in football and joined, um, joined Wasps, you know, and they, and they obviously they were flying, flying, you know, at that time as well, they were you know, under Gats, you know, in 2003, four, that, that kind of era, you know, um, they'd done doubles, they'd done, you know, they were just prolific, you know, got to the semi-final, not to the semi-final, sorry, they got to the final of the um, the, the Heineken Cup, the European Cup, um, in the 6-7 season, won that, and then, and then I, then I started in the, in the 7-8 season, you know, and, and that again had its, had its sink or swim kind of like feeling around it, because I'd had eight years treating basically the belly button down, you know, so hadn't seen anything from like the thoracic spine up, you know, really, you know, someone with a bit of a sore neck here and there, but nothing, nothing like what you get to actually see, you know, some of the trauma that you see in, in, in rugby union, you know, it was, it was again, a lot of reading very quickly, you know, making sure that, you know, had two long-term injured guys straight off the bat, had a decent ACL and an, and an AC reconstruction. I was thinking, AC reconstruction, wow, I've never seen one of those, you know, so and I'm going to the top club in the, in, in England, you know, so it was, uh, yeah, just thinking, you know, and again, just doing, doing the best, you know, that, that, that you can really. So and thankfully both guys did really well, you know, so. Yeah. yeah so was that a sort of challenge that you wanted to take on in terms of moving disciplines? Not really, you know, it was just an opportunity that came up, you know, so, and it was like, okay, you know, I've done this now for eight years in, in, in football, I can move football clubs if, if, if they wanted something different, you know, but I just thought, you know what, you know, rugby has always been the sport that I'd followed, you know, the most, you know, sport I played when I was younger as well, you know, and just thought, you know what, let's go for it, you know, let's go for it, you know, great club as well, you know, incredible club, you know, to, 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 to work for, obviously very successful um during that period so you know it was yeah let's, let's let it was a case of let's just do it you know so yeah and how was it we did you still have a shared facility at that point or did you move so what happened was we we left there and went to sorry qpr left uh two years before and went out to harlington out by heathrow airport which is where chelsea used to train before they were in cobham so qpr took over that facility so we'd left at that point so anyway we were back then and it was uh it was um, it was solely um, uh, so solely London Wasps at that point, you know. So yeah. it was yeah, it was yeah. I said yeah, it, it was old school facility. Let's call it that, you know. But it was uh, a great club, you know. Yeah, you might have got a bit of stick if it had been a joint one still with the QPR guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think so. They definitely would have done. Yeah. <laughs> so how long were you at Wasps for? I was there for around, uh, not around, I was there for exactly for, uh, three and a half years. Um, so I, I joined in the 7-8 season. We were really fortunate. Um, I say fortunate, you know, you know, obviously, you know, 
a little bit of fortune maybe with some of that fixtures and stuff for that. But we, we won the grand final there that year um, in uh, at, at Twickenham. You know, we played um, Leicester in the final and, and we were successful. Um, and then I, I left there in the kind of the January, February, actually it was February of 2011. Um, and that's when I had an amazing opportunity after being at, at WAS for kind of um, a year or so. Geech had been asked to do the uh, British Alliance Lions tour as the head coach uh, for the 2009 tour. So, you know, there was a, a lot of the senior players were kind of saying to Geech, look, you, you need to take Prav, you know, as well as, you know, as one of the therapists, you know, on tour and stuff like that. So um, that actually did come about in the end. You know, I met up with Dr. James Robson, who was the head of medical services for for, for the tour for 2009, came down um, to the training facility. We met and... Um, I was offered the opportunity, you know, which was incredible, you know, incredible, you know, given the opportunity. Um, and I was really thankful for it, you know, because you know, people would have seen like the the 97 tour, you know, living with the lines behind the scene thing. And it looks in incredible. It's an incredible thing to be involved in, you know, and that was my first taste of it, as it were, you know, and, and I was you know, ever forever grateful for to to, to Geach and for for James Robson for giving me that opportunity in two thousand nine, and it was very daunting. You know, because again, sink or swim moment. You know, rock up. I'm the only person that's not done international rugby, so I've come from club rugby. You know, and there are all these international superstars. You know, from 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 the game, um, but also all of these. You know, uh, coaches. You know, therapists. You know, trainers analysts you know all in the international arena you know and it's it was um it was great to be involved in you know great to be involved in you know um and that ultimately then gave me the opportunity because there were a number of people there that were obviously at wales um warren gatland obviously being being the primary person um and at the time craig white who was head of performance at, at wales he was also on the lions tour um invited me then to you know come and join um wales really um, and and that was following following the 2009 tour, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. And what was the the 09 tour like then? Ah, oh, it was you know for me it was um, being a little bit like a competition winner, you know, as it were, you know, being really green, fresh on tour, but again always doing the best, you know, that you can for for for, for the players, you know, always making sure you take take the opportunities, you know. And we we did a lot of touring, you know, like true touring if you like, you know. Um, Every place we went, there were various events. You know, we had loads of social engagement as well, which is always a key thing with the British and Irish Lions. Um, we had a lot of fun, you know. Um, but ultimately, you know, it was, uh, you know, a very, very brutal tour. You know, those that watch a second test match will know how brutal um, that was. You know, we had a number of very big injuries and ultimately we lost the series, you know, on in that game as well, you know. And... It's hard, you know, when you work in sport, you you work in sport to win, you know, people that work in sport that say they do it for the love of the game and stuff like that, they're lying, you know, you do it to win, you know, basically, you know, at the very top end of the game, you know, it's it's all about, it's all about that, you know, and making sure, obviously, we do it safely, you know, for our athletes, but ultimately it's about winning and uh, unfortunately we, um, we didn't win, you know, so that was pretty hard, you know, from that perspective. The good thing was that in in test number three we we put on a really good performance, you know, uh, and it was um, it was a it was a game that we won really well and played really well, and it gave them the opportunity to for those going then in two thousand and um, uh, uh, thirteen then to to have some kind of momentum, if you like, you know, 
um, going into that uh, going into that tour in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can imagine it is an amazing experience on doing that. So after you've done that, so you're going to move over to Wales. So is that something where you had to relocate for that? Yeah. So what happened was I was living in London at the time, and um, we um, we went across uh, midway through the Six Nations, and um, we uh, yeah, it was myself and my my my, my wife um, relocated and. Uh, yeah, I mean, we joined halfway through the Six Nations. It wasn't a particularly successful Six Nations from recollection. But then um, we had um, the 2011 World Cup then in New Zealand, you know, where we got to the semi-final, you know, and people remember, you know, how how that turned out, you know, that we had, you know, Sam Orbiton get sent off very early on. Um, and we had a fantastic opportunity to win, win that game. Um, but we didn't take it, you know, unfortunately. And... Um, you know, it was a it was a successful, you know, still a successful, you know, um, uh, World Cup. You know, no one, I don't think, you know, thought that we would get that far. You know, so uh, for a small country like Wales, um, but yeah, it was it was it was an incredible experience. You know, again, true touring again. You know, going to countries, having social engagements. You know, um, being able to see, you know, the country. You know, and uh, and and also play some good rugby as well. You know, so. It was it was it was great to be able to do that, you know, in 2011. Um, and then, yeah, my the, the journey through through Wales, you know, has been has been a fairly successful one. I would like to say, you know, I'd like to think so. You know, we, we've we've won a, a lot of trophies, you know, in in the last ten years, certainly, you know, and it's it's been a, it's been amazing to be a part of. Mm. And what was the the dynamic like when you moved from club rugby into international? How did that change things? Yeah, it was. Um, it was it was good. I mean, the, the the Welsh people, you know, were brilliant. You know, uh, everybody I worked with were incredible individuals. You know, and they were, were very welcoming, which made life very very easy, and it made made some lifelong friends there as well. You know, and it's it does make it a lot easier to have that transition. Then um, we didn't have any children at that point, so it was it was it was made a lot easier from that perspective. Um, also, the role was very different as well. So, you know, we've gone from being a head of medical services at a club to head of medical services of a country, you know, is totally different. You know, you're having to look after not just the team of players that you look after, i.e. the national team, but then there's also then the very, very significant governance role, which looks after the whole game, you know, um, across the professional down to the community game, you know. So that was something that, um, again, another sink or swim moment. I mean, a few, a few of those in my career actually, and uh, had to had to deliver, you know, on on that side of things, you know, uh, as well. And um, yeah, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we've we've delivered a lot, you know, in the last ten years, and we've developed a lot in the last ten years from a from a medicine player welfare perspective, you know, within Wales. Mm. Yeah, and also you've worked with some absolute iconic managers, coaches, and so on. Like, what's what's it been like working with the Warren Gatland and Ian McGeek and etc.? Yeah, I mean, those guys have been brilliant, you know, to 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 work with and for, you know, because uh, ultimately they allow you to like well, they give you ownership basically of your department, and you just get on with it, you know, and they trust you. So you know, if there's a decision to be made on a player, and um, they say, yeah, okay fine you know don't put an undue pressure on if there is a you know sometimes if there is a discussion to be had then we'll have a frank discussion stuff like that but you know again you know the, the, those guys you know have, have always given ownership of 
departments to those to those teams you know whether it's strength conditioning analysis you know whatever it may be you know the ownership has always always been given uh, given to those heads of department to to manage appropriately you know and that's been that's been really really kind of uh, telling really if you like in 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 the success not just on the pitch but off the pitch as well you know everyone gets on really really well um we very fortunate in wales we have a really really strong bond you know off the field as well you know um and it's um it's great you know and, and it's great because it also helps that every day we come to work to the national center of excellence um uh, within at the vale um, hotel which is just, just outside of cardiff and you know everybody comes there every day you know on an international level that doesn't happen really you know very often at many many facilities because yeah, let's say for argument's sake in england you know geographically it may not be possible to come to work every day in in Wales, we're very fortunate that you can do that, you know. So, um, mm. yeah. So from 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 that perspective, you know, it's it's been it's been great, you know. And and I say the, 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 going back to your question around the managers and stuff, it's 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 always great, you know, to to be in a team, you know, that that's being successful, you know, and that and that helps for sure, you know, uh, with with you know with the environment, if you like. Yeah, I mean the Vale's quite an interesting place in that you've got the Cardiff, the football, and the rugby guys all close proximity. How does that work as a dynamic? Do you have much involvement with, with any of that? Yeah, so 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 what's actually happened now is uh, Cardiff Rugby um, have now subsequently moved out. Now Football Association Wales have now moved in, so we've got two governing well both the heads the headquarters of both um, governing bodies, if you like, are, are on site from a performance perspective. And we've still got Cardiff City Football Club there uh, as well. So, you know, I liaise, you know, a lot with Sean Connolly, you know, at um, at the FAW. And, you know, we share a lot of uh, lot of learnings and experiences, you know, through various competitions and, you know, various bits of governance, especially around COVID of recent though. You know, that's that's been really tricky, you know, for all of us. And, and what's been brilliant about COVID is that everyone has been really open to sharing, you know, um, whereas in the past, you know, people may have been a bit more kind of, uh, secretive if you like or whatever you know but you know certainly with COVID everyone's been very open to sharing and, and, and across sports across you know countries and stuff like that as well you know globally obviously it's hit everybody so everyone's been really open with that but yeah on site it's great to have both um, both national governing bodies on site. Yeah yeah no, absolutely and in terms of football lads there's been a lot of things in the press about concussion and heading the ball and you know whether or not to remove that which <laughs> might be challenging but rugby that's prevalent in terms of concussions and so on what are your thoughts in terms of managing that in in sport in general oh look i mean concussion is a huge part of our sport certainly um, and i can really only speak for our sport you know because that's that's obviously what my my focus as it were what we do know about concussion is that it's it's something that we see the most of you know so the incidence is the highest you know that we the the highest injury sorry that we see across the board um and, you know, it's something that, you know, puts people out of sport for a number of days, weeks, sometimes months, you know. So it's something that we take incredibly seriously. It's our number one focus when it comes to kind of our player welfare management. Um, and, you look, we never, ever stop with regards to learning, developing and growing, you know. And we, there is a huge amount of research that goes on, you know, uh, behind the scenes. There's a huge amount of uh, processes that we we try and support our players, you know, to, to the best that we can, you know. And like I say, you know, the rugby family, you know, across the world looks at concussion, especially incredibly seriously, you know. And we, uh, 
we uh, we put a lot into it, you know, not just with regards to preventing, but also post-care and post-career care as well. There's a lot of work going on uh, within that. Um, within rugby, we have, you know, it's well documented, we have an HIA process as well, which allows us to assess our players off the field of play. You know, we've got a 12 minute, 12 minute kind of period where we can really, really look at our guys, look at videos, look at various different assessments. That's in-game. And then the HIA process is actually made up of three HIAs. So HIA one in-game, HIA two post-game, then HIA three, two days after that, you know, so... That's just making sure that we don't let anybody slip through the net, you know, with regards to diagnosing concussion. And then obviously we're managing guys, you know, appropriately going through the graduated return to play. And that's mm. that's that's another huge piece of work that we're looking at at the moment and um, looking at kind of all the metrics around that and looking at how we can really make that as robust as possible, you know, for our guys. So we're not allowing people to go back too early, you know. Um, but also, conversely, we're not being too kind of um, cautious as well, you know, that we're being appropriate with our management. That's the key thing, I think, there, you know. Um, so, yeah, yeah, going back to what you said, you know, with regards to concussion, it's a huge subject. It's a huge subject for us, you know, and something that I'm really passionate about. And um, it's it's something that, you know, we're always driving and always striving to get better every single time. We're never happy, ever happy, you know, with regards to um, not not just, you know, concussion management, but any player welfare management system. We're never happy with just standing still. We've got to, we're always looking to develop and drive things, you know, forwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to that reading thing again, isn't it, from uh, what you do at the start of those as well. Um, and so this will be a difficult question, but are there any particular moment or moments that you've had throughout your career that you think that was just really absolutely memorable? Oof. Oh, oh, that's a hard one, that. So there's one that sticks out. Well, there's a few that stick out. There's, a, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll say a few that stick out. So going back to football, when we got promoted, no one gave us a chance. No one gave us a chance that year. And um, we went up, you know, on merit. You know, we went up automatically because the year before, um, we we played Cardiff in the uh, in the Millennium Stadium, uh, now the Principality Stadium, which is obviously our, our, our home of Welsh rugby, when Wembley was getting redone. And we played Cardiff in the uh, playoff finals and lost. And then subsequently then, we got through um, a second place. Plymouth went up uh, that, that year, but that was incredible. It was really young at that point as well. And, you know, going on an open top bus through Shepherd's Bush, you know, and, you know, we hadn't even won the league. We just got promoted, but there were hundreds of thousands of people out. That was incredible, incredible moment, you know, um, to, to be part of. Um, rugby wise then, you know, things that stick out, obviously winning the grand final with Wasps was an amazing, uh, amazing experience. Um, all the Lions tours and stuff are amazing. 2013, winning a Lions tour with, uh, uh, with you know, obviously with the Lions in, in in Sydney was incredible, and we won comfortably as well in that game, which was which was insane, you know. Um, but the key moment for me, I think, you know, and a lot of people, I think, will will say the same, you know, was in 2013 um, in the Six Nations, you know, and a lot of people who are involved in that game will, will, will say this as well. We come off the back of a run of, I think, eight losses or something like that. It was, it was a it was a record loss run or something like that, you know. And uh, Rob Howley was, un, you know, under pressure. And we were all under pressure because, you know, we all feel that, you know. Because um, Warren Gatland had been seconded for the Lions that year. So Rob was essentially interim head coach for that year. We had to win the next game, which was France away. And we did. And it was, in, it was incredible. And then 
we had our run of games and we got to the final weekend and England were going for a grand slam and they were coming to us at our place and they needed to win by se- well they, they needed to win by seven and they won a grand slam basically oh sorry yes they need to win uh, by uh, they just need to win sorry then they would have had won a grand slam or we needed to beat them by seven or more and then we would have won the championship so it was incredible you know it was basically like a well it was a it was a cup final basically you know and then we got to that and we got there and the t- decision was made to close the roof. It's never a great decision to close the roof for an incoming team, you know, at our place because it's really loud, you know. Um, I never forget it because the um, the the home, sorry, the away national anthem, which was um, the English national anthem, was sung. I've never heard it that loud before, even at Twickenham, you know. Uh, and I was like, oh, we're in trouble here, you know. So and then. Um, um, and then, and then the Welsh national anthem came on, and like, I've actually got the hairs in the back of my neck are up right now because it was an incredible thing, you know, to to witness. You know, it was so loud, so loud, you know. And that game, then we we won by a record margin of thirty points to three, and we won the championship. You know, where we it was it was all against the odds. You know, we were never ever thought that you know that having come off the back of eight eight matches, you know, on that run. You know, and we've got to remember in 2012, we were a Grand Slam winners as well. So we don't, hadn't suddenly become a really terrible team. Mm-hmm. Hadn't clicked, you know, for whatever reason. But then we, we went on a run of four wins and won the championship. And it was the loudest I've ever heard that stadium. You know, uh, you, you couldn't, you, you know, shouting to players, you know, they just couldn't hear. You know what I mean? Like, they just, you know, it was, it was an, an incredible thing, you know, to be involved. In. So that, that would be my most memorable moment, I would say, you know, within within the sport. You know, we, we certainly enjoyed ourselves, you know, that, that day. And I can imagine. <laughs> the next couple of days. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that, I can only imagine what that would be like. That's, yeah, it'd be spectacular to, to be in the stadium and obviously invested in that as well. Um, and on the same line then, so in terms of people that you've come across that have had a particular impact on you or influence are there any ones that you'd you'd particularly point out oh look i always say it you know he's the, the that my father obviously has had a, a massive influence in my in my life let alone my career you know but um you know so i have to make a special mention you know to to him for sure you know the, the sacrifices that he gave to come to the uk to allow us you know to to do what we what we did growing up you know um and get into you know school and university and then subsequently you know get into sport and support us you know and he, he continually supports us now as well you know so that 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 certainly you know um is 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 key you know been been a key you know figure in my career for sure you know um and obviously all of the, my, my managers as well you know uh, you know who have, who have been instrumental in just allowing us to work you know um work away and not you know put us under undue pressure you know and you know they've been brilliant you know every single manager i've had you know it's been really really brilliant you know allowing us you know as a as a team just to get on with kind of the job and um deliver really you know so that that would they would be the key people i'd say yeah no very good no well genuinely i've got loads of clips that i want to cut out of this one so no i really appreciate your time on this um it's been great catching up and um yeah thank you very much for your time and i look forward to catching up with you soon no no worries at all no awesome awesome appreciate that thanks prav no worries Cheers.